the sequel to my exciting, exhilarating, inspirational, mystic album, Mana. Mana 2 will be dropping April 20th. So please set the date and make sure you follow me on Instagram at Emergency News. If you haven't already, it'd be a safe investment on your end. Yo, 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 it's junior year and you listening to the Lunch Hour Podcast, the number one podcast in local Virginia hip hop culture, y'all. So don't sleep and take it from me. Y'all simply and I'm Chuck Rocker. Y'all on the goose and I'm on that Sarat, bruh. And I'm just getting started. Y'all flow OD, my shit, we tell it regardless. Okay, let me get Bye bye, my niggas is deep. We get in a dough, no Pillsbury. Dab tamales, so smoke a blunt, I shoot this cat at me. You hit me for being too rough, for saying how I feel. Can't help my shit, it's sincere. Shoot me toe when I spit your heart filled with fear. It's the lunch hour. But uh, if you had to put your style of music in five words or less, what would you do? Um, I would probably use the words, um, I will use the words bold. I use the words unconventional. Ooh. I'd use the word conventional also. I'd use I'd, I basically I I'll use the word adventurous, you know what I'm saying? Because that's really what this is for me. This music is for me and when I'm doing it it's actively writing itself. I barely even have time to immerse myself in the studio like that. It's always an adventure. So that's pretty much how I feel. Whoa. <laughs> I fucks with that. I fucks with that. So uh, let's take a crack at, you know, your music career so far. So I caught wind of you pretty much uh, through chat. He was pretty much posting like, yeah, man, 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 man. I was like, the fuck is this man and shit? What the fuck is this goddamn anime blue shit? And then I listened to it. He's like, bro, this motherfucker junior year is like next up, I promise. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot because everybody's going to be next up for real. So I listened to it, and I was like, yo, what the fuck is this shit? Not like in a bad way. Like, yo, this shit is so left field and so refreshing. Like, my ears are like please listen to this shit. Uh, That's how I felt. It was amazing. So those of you who don't already have it, please go download Mana. Mana 2 on the way. Uh, no spoilers. But um, you want to talk about like the process of how that came to be? Yeah, of course. So um, this is actually, I'm really glad you asked that question. So like, um, when when the process of mana, so I'm gonna basically break down. People ask me all the time, they're like, "What is mana?" or "What is basically like the inspiration behind you coming up with it?" And basically, like, um, you know, needless to say, like the whole mana thing, you know, like the whole video game ish aesthetic, you know, the it's really it's supposed to embody like power or mysticism. It's supposed to really embody some type of magic, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's really the. The th- I, I geared it kind of towards being a brand later down to where if I wanted to make clothes, that shit would look really good, mm-hmm. you know. But w- 
when I went to the actual process of making this album, I planned this album out four years before it was released in 2019 in June. The name, the cover was made in 2016 and 17. So actually that sauce was more original at that time than it is when I released it in 2019. Cause at that point, many figures had came out in like, Right. would have been like insane staple sauce but basically man each song is completely different not one is forged the same not one is even each song has been assigned a different assigned a different fan of hip-hop and that was the whole point of that album Whew. that is a lot you definitely can tell us every single um song on it from my hundred um breaking used to fed up, which personally my favorite. Y'all fucking killed that shit. <laughs> Y'all killed that shit. Uh they all sound different, but they all like it's still cohesive in a way, I would say. Um for you being so fucking young, dude, like how does that like make you feel like as far as like competitors or the peers in this music shit? Like you're fucking young. But you're either like, well, I can tell you straight up, you sound better than motherfuckers I know when it was like your age doing it. And then on top of that, like, your the way you have your song structured and your beat selection, your choices, your hooks, your flows, like, you're way better than motherfuckers out here now. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, are you still like humbled? Or are you like a broadband knew this type shit? Like, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, I always try to remain humble first and foremost. But I mean, I will say two things. You know, my age and being where I'm at in music, like it, it, it excites me. It obviously, lets me know I'm doing something right. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, it scares me too. You know, and and here's why. You know, like I recently watched a little peep documentary on Netflix. Everybody's everything. That was an amazing, mm-hmm. amazing documentary. But upon watching that. It really gives you an inside look out to when you have these figures in music or the entertainment industry, like these breakout artists, you know, I guess that's the term you could use to describe people like myself or anybody, people that come out of nowhere with a completely random marketing gimmick or style that has never been seen before. These people become beacons to these people in the entertainment industry. And I don't want to, I want to make sure I keep the right people around and I make the right business moves, you know, because at the beginning of your career, in these moments, every decision you make is critical and it can make or break the rest of your career, you know? And so you have to move carefully and you have to be very mindful of your effect on the community. And which is why I was trying to pay more attention to the Virginia culture because I was born and raised in Norfolk, you know? I was born in Robin Hood, you know? And I really never thought about showing love to my city like that, you know? And that's whoa, that's a that's a shock. I definitely thought you was like somewhere like Virginia Beach or some shit. No, nah, I was out Sherwood, born and raised my whole life. Oh wow. That's a fact yeah. I did not know. Yeah, I, and then I moved to Park Place and then I moved to Shoot Park. And now I'm back here. I'm out by Ward's Corner right now. Whoa. So I stay I stay in the hood. I don't feel comfortable anywhere else because that's just where I've been my whole life, you know, and I, I like I, I don't want to be a part of a community I'm not a part of. That makes sense. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. A lot of artists um are from places from quotation marks and try to rap something they're definitely not. 
Uh, yeah. Which is what I really don't support because I think it's transparent. Like, uh, yeah, for sure. Make music that you're about. I didn't know that. So let's jump onto that, elaborate more on that. So the Norfolk scene, pretty much, I would describe it as like three waves. You got the Young Crazy wave, and mm-hmm. he, makes the, he makes music for people in that section, I would say, in Norfolk. Then you got like the post-Cash Club wave, which is like now you got Randy with, he's not drug rap no more, but you would associate Randy with the drug rap situation drug party yeah. rap type shit and then you got the Mark B wave which is like straight up beast ass vocal <laughs> beast ass production yeah. <laughs> like Mark B is like his own god at this point in Norfolk and then you yeah, got no doubt people like who from Norfolk you wouldn't thought we rapping we rapping so I call it the underclothes wave because it's not yet pop yet so yeah. now that I found I did not know you're from Norfolk like what would you consider your like wave to be um i consider this wave to be the va revival and and i will i will will elaborate on that more first of all shout out to young crazy shout out to mark b uh i ran against mark b last year on y'all's thing that was crazy to see that like that was that was just crazy my six months upon releasing my very first release ever i haven't even released on soundcloud y'all like I just dropped an album on all platforms. Six months later, I'm being run up against Mark B, who has billboards, you know, along the highway. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it was it, crazy, crazy. That's when my, I mean, at that point in my career, I guess that's when I started realizing that I needed to uh, care more about pulling these fans in. Because unintentionally, I have those fans that are going to go out and show love for me like that. So I, I never really focused on organizing that. So shout out to all the fans and shout out to the pioneers of this VA scene, but I will say this, you just hit the nail on the head impeccably. I can't tell you how many times me and Chet have been talking about music and we really talk about how those figures like the post cast club, Jank, like the, like post Tracy, you know, the young crazy, all of that, that has been those, those pioneers. When a pioneer comes in Virginia, it is unmistakable. And this is not to discredit any up-and-coming artist. As an up-and-coming artist, we all have issues of um, truly, I mean, in general, it's hard to distinguish yourself from people if you don't have a clear marketing path. You know what I'm saying? And that right. is very important. Right. You know, the, and, and the old head approach, you know, it's, a, it's the music's going to speak for itself. I'm sorry it's not. You know what I'm saying? The music in this day and age will not speak for itself. The fact of the matter is, is you're competing with nobodies who are talented who if left to their own devices and had the ability could potentially sell out olympic level arenas you know what i'm saying and these are nobodies with that level of talent in the world it's all about your marketing scheme now so uh i'm gonna piggyback off that one point specifically uh i would say okay well my situation like i'm an artist as well so i mean i'm not i'm not like trying to do this shit well let's take it back I know what I got, and my art is different. So, like, for those people who are like, this is, um, this is my, like, oh, I didn't make or break it. If I had this one single, blah, 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 like, you can do that and stress yourself out over trying to make it, per se. But yeah, I feel like if your art is your art, let that shit stand by itself. Like, right. my album is not going to be no fucking... It's not 
dancey poppy that shit's on the radio. It's fucking bars. It's fucking yeah. That's just lyrical. That's just lyrical for sure. Like it's bars. But I did that shit because that's what I grew up on. I'm an OA, bro. I'm from I'm born ninety two. Like all yeah. I heard was fucking bars. But you, like you got the flows, you got the hooks, you got the the fucking pop crossover shit. <laughs> Like like you said, the- like you said, <laughs> like you you were up against Mark B. I think in multiple categories, and you didn't even like really promote this shit. You just dropped that out of nowhere. Your fans, bro. Like we did the fucking count. I was like junior year, junior year, junior year for every fucking category. I was like, God damn, <laughs> like these motherfuckers came out of nowhere. They crashed. Yeah. They crashed the site at least twice. It was crazy to see, but also happy me to see because you know. One people like put the shit on the the awards the first time they were like oh well y'all picking people who really pop and blah blah I'm like if you're already popping there's no point in shining light on you these are for the people who you don't expect to pop or we know ahead of time got that talent they're gonna pop we're trying yeah. to shine light people on that the fact that you won three awards with damn near like no promotion not like. Uh, what you call blogging everybody's Facebook feed like hey I'm a rapper message this yeah your album speaks volumes bro that speaks volumes yeah for sure and and you know I, I I just like to say really quickly I'd like to make another point you know and like that level of engagement is really the type of what we're looking at in today's like music marketing like when we deal with these people right we kind of like i kind of tend to have this approach like i mean a lot of people do and this is this va jank like you said a lot a lot of people out here want to make music i mean like and and it is very competitive virginia is one of those places who doesn't have i mean we have venues but we are not like a city like atlanta you know what i'm saying or la we don't have this isn't a i wouldn't call this necessarily a hub for artists but the le- the 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 history that took place here in Virginia is so deep rooted to the infrastructure of all modern music and all modern hip hop. This Virginia is the most slept on state when it comes to hip hop, and the revival is happening right now. And big people, not just me, and not just people in Ghost Type, are going to be a part of this. And I truly believe, I truly believe that me, uh, Zar Nicholas, Savvy Hendrix, it just you know, some of those people to name the very least are going to be those people that I don't know who's going to have their foot out the door first. It could be me. It could be savvy. We could blow up. It doesn't, who does it first? doesn't matter. Once the, the worldview is on Virginia, these, all of these figures are going to come to the light and it's going to be like, it's going to be another Broward County, Florida all over again. Like you're just going to have 80 artists come out of nowhere and just dominate the music charts from Virginia. I, I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time it's definitely before happening. the social media. It's definitely happening, and it's like, it's, it's exciting, because I remember when you know, I was in high school, you know, where everybody's like, I'm be a rapper, I'm rapping, and, you know, of course, we're all like, freestyling at lunch, or in Cypress and shit, but the two big ways was pretty much Cash Club, and then AMG and Virginia Beach. That was like, the two pretty much people making music consistently, it's just crazy because we had Randy on the show. He was like, if we if we had fucking managers, like, like I probably wouldn't have got because literally motherfuckers was fighting over who you like more, AMG or Cash Club. It was that yeah. fucking serious. Uh, the, 
I got so many stories just being like around uh, of it, but it's really what got me into like I wish I had like a platform where I can just like expose that happening when it happened, but I didn't have the tools. So now that's coming around again full circle. It's just crazy to see people rising. Uh, shout out to like Mark B, who like who would have thought like five seven years ago Mark B was like the producer guy. Now he's fucking better than everybody. I would say the big star of that era. I would say uh, Julian Mars and Blackwater Gang, like how they fucking just blew up single handedly. Didn't put no like producers on all that shit with him, and now right. you got. You guys, ghost tight, fucking shout the uh Gray Weathers, of course. He always shows love to the podcast. There's Presley, Chink, Chink. it's so many artists, and it's so saturated. But the thing that it's important is standing out, and you've done that, like like you said, like you really dropped the tape out of nowhere, and that shit. It's like a cult, bro. Like it was crazy. They shut down the site twice. I was like, y'all can't even see the results because so much junior year shit coming in here. I can't even count <laughs> who the fuck, who else is doing this shit. It's crazy. Like retrospect, because like the fact that shit's so young, you got that many people following you already speaks volumes. So I'm yeah. excited for what's coming in the future, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited to drop this album, man. I will, t- I will tell you to piggyback off of everything you just said. When I look at an album that has a two in it, or any in general, like, when I think of, you know, think about sequels back in, like, the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if a video game had a two next to it, that like, shit Tony had to be fire. Pro- that shit had to be fire, bro. Right, and you know what I'm saying? That standard, like, you're not going to go to the store and see Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 and get the first one over the second one. That's not how that, and that was. Ah, shit, I done fucked up and did some technical dumb shit. But either way, more lunch hour coming to you in three, two, one. Back to the show. Yeah, so, like, when I was making, I, I've, I'm not even going to hold you. I planned Mana 2 before I planned Mana 1. I already knew if I was going to do something, I was going to be one of those people that took it to that sequel level. When I make a sequel, it won't make you forget about the original. It'll give it trigger. It'll turn that into a nostalgic feeling. You know what I'm saying? Like it's almost, it's almost like, um, you know, Mana 1 is going to be my, my Kanye college dropout later down the line. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how I want it to be. You know what I'm saying? Like I want the music will never, be seen as bad every time one drops it's a fire but just know that when i take a half a year or maybe a whole year to drop another album guess what i was planning that first one for four years you know what i'm saying so like i am making sure that i am following the algorithm and advancing so when i tell you like all the strengths of mana one i look at my charts right i'm like what song is integrating well with my audience uh okay you know the the me and chet songs are seem to be the ones that people want people tend to want to see more of the me and chet duo you know what i'm saying and which is weird they want chet, they want chet to fucking rap that's the that's and, 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 and guess who i guess who got him i'm not even gonna say i got chet rapping but at first when we first started making music together he was not trying to record you know i think when he saw what was in front of him, you know, when I started recording and then my stepbrother, Stefan Psych Central came into play. And then, you know, we, we got LeVar, Buzz Guapo into the group things. He started realizing that he had these individuals in front of him that could potentially 
give him that big producer like spotlight that he deserves because Chet in every way is the funk out in Virginia. And all oh, and, sure. and all, res- sure. all respect to Czar Nicholas for sure. But I'm this, this just has to be discussed. You cannot call yourself the funk if there is Chet Atlas in the same city as you. That is all I'm saying. And that is all we I will talk, say. We can talk about that uh personally. I know uh Chet worked on uh, of the seven songs on my album, he worked on at least four. And I, one prime example, uh, having nothing is a beat he uh, we got through, and he was like, "Why would you rap about that shit on that kind of beat?" And I was like, "I don't know. I just felt it like it needed that kind of substance, kind of thing." He was like, "But it's a trap beat," and I was like, "Yeah, fuck a trap beat." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, but but, but, but I chat- killed that shit. He was just dying. Like, <laughs> like, yo, he is. Whatever you did, this is kind of shit I need you to put out consistently. And I was like, bro, you inspired me to fucking do this shit, bro. Because I was not trying to get that beat at all. I was like, bro, give me some light, eerie, jazzy shit. Yeah. He was like, nah, put this on. Wrapped it this. And I was like, all right. <laughs> but the the way that man works in the studio was crazy. Like It's mysterious, I would, man. I, I wouldn't say like he's like Drake. It's just like he knows. He's like, okay, you rap like this. I want you to say it like this with this kind of flexion, like come for your diaphragm. He's like he's in tune to that shit, but it's crazy. He's a musician, so like he knows what will sound good with this. And the fact I, he made a beat like right in front of me. Oh yeah, I was like, yo, what the fuck? What kind of shit are you on, bro? Yeah, like, I think when you witness uh like Christian make a beat in front of you for the first time, I think that's really when you realize what you what you what's been placed in front of you. You know, and one thing I'll say about him is that he is the most humblest artist out out here i mean and and he and and he has studied music down to like a t you know like like the the very finest of levels so like i'm telling you like when that came to be like like when i met chet he pulled he kind of saved me like we weren't even on music shit we were on like some friend jank you know and like i I, we're just hanging out and smoking all the time at sherwood and you know we just keep talking about music and then we finally recorded one day, you know, and then it was just like, what What was wrong with us? Why did we waste all this time? You know, and it's like, we could have just, like, if we started doing this in 2016, we would both be looking from our third story right now down onto our, you know, whatever outdoor pool, you know. But I will say, Christian, man, that is just, shout out Chet. He really, like, big shout out. He latched on to the, the aesthetic and vibe I was trying to put out and was became inspired by it and linked his full musical style into it and that just for me like I really am grateful to have him as not only as my manager and my primary producer but also as just a best friend in general. Shout out to Chat Atlas all the way. Bro, shout out to Chat. Like I said, uh just the contribution he made to my album and the fact that that's like the number one song on that album. Of course. All my staff. Of course. Like, what the fuck was I doing in my life? Like, why the fuck? Why would I go anywhere else? But also, the same retrospect, that song and then Transparency, which Mark B pretty much put his hands all over. It's just crazy because, like, these are producers. They're not beat people who make beats. These motherfuckers, like, not motherfuckers, these guys, like, they literally just craft the sound that you want to portray right for your art chat is definitely but their hands all on yeah it. it's like yo 
it's amazing to see. Like yeah. I I'm forever grateful. Forever grateful. Uh for real, for real. And you can tell that on mana. You can tell that shit on ghost type. Bruh, ghost type <laughs> exodus. <laughs> Woo! That was just the craziest. Like when you listen to that beat, you hear Kill Watashi and Chet Atlas in that beat. That is the true collab beat. Like when a collab beat gets made, Bro, it shout to Kill Watashi first off. Off rip. Off rip. Shout to him. Oh my god, dude! Sixteen years old. He is sixteen. Shall I? Shall I note producing and rapping his all of his own tracks? That is phenomenal i met this kid he was friends with a bunch of internet famous producers the dude that produced my song rose co-produced it max O'Coolin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's big cult following producer cam was one of his best friends i met in the group chat and we ended up kind of talking about this music and then later down the line he joined ghost type and i have just never been more inspired like no one person has made me feel like i was like a bullshitter in this music game because I, I came in strong and then when i see what cam is doing like he, there was a point where he didn't even have a bed to sleep on he had a sheet laid out in his this on the side of his kitchen floor with a pillow next to an electrical outlet with his laptop and a mic the bare minimum and he was running laps around us producing recording sending out songs i mean i'm telling you if if, if any of us deserve the come up it's it it it's it's him all the way for sure for sure for sure yo so we talked about exes real quick let's uh, dive in uh, did you see the review we did on the facebook page? I, I really love that review that was like a, a true music review like your your use of like the adjectives and stuff were like really accurate bro we try to put everything in perspective for those who don't who say they listen to your music but you know don't really support we listen to the music, here. right? We appreciate the music, but I kind of noticed, like, okay, follow me here. Yeah. So, on Cruel Summer, the Kanye West, the good music shit, you know, of all the album you heard, like Pusha T and Big Sean, majority of the album, right? Because Kanye's trying to push, like, these are the people I'm trying to like be the pinnacles or whatever. Uh, I'm trying to think of another example. On Dreamville, the contemplation, you heard a lot of J.I.D., a lot of Lou, a lot of Ari Lennox, because those are like the like the pinnacles of that label. So, on Ghost Type, I felt like I heard a lot of you, I heard a lot of buzz, but it wasn't like oversaturated, but you were like doing a hook here, and then a couple verses here. Like, was that intentional, or was it... Uh- um, so happen. when we were recording the the album, so like a lot of songs, I'm not going to hold you, like a lot of songs on Mana were supposed to be ghost type songs, like No Fair, Fed Up, those were supposed to be on the ghost type tape. But we didn't see ourselves achieving the, that in a, like, it took us probably like a whole nother half a year before we finished that album, you know? So, and that's what we wanted it to be anyway. So we needed to drop something then. And that's when we kind of all made the decision that I was going to be the sacrificial, you know, goat for the goat in both ways, the most humblest way possible for the ghost type shit. And that's really like what, what was decided. So we decided to put some of those songs on Mana and drop as Mana and get all of our names out there. And then like with the ghost type tape, I just so happened to be there every single recording session. Like, and for, and for some (laughs) reason, I didn't even realize that I was on every single song 
until I looked at the track list when I was uploading it. And I was like, dang, I'm literally on every single one of these songs. Every single song. <laughs> you know, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, I'll be in the studio and I feel like I'm, I'm like, you know, capping if I don't sit there and lay a verse down. Because what am I there for? You know, like, I... I just right. I, I'm productive, man. Like I make sure I laid the work down, and and honestly, those verses they, they they take me no time at all. Like really, I freestyle a lot of that, you know. And like that's because with this album, I was trying to get better at freestyling, you know, because I wanted to. Savvy and me were talking to each other about freestyling one day, and you know, like just whatever, and like you know, I kind of had just removed the first song in Ghost Hype. That was like one of the fastest displays of me rapping off rip. I, I completely, completely freestyled that off of like Molly. Like I complete, I, you are fucking I completely lying. did. There was zero writing that went involved in that. Like a- absolutely no writing. Like I was actually, what? I was having a panic attack in the studio. Like actually feeling like I was going to die. And I just started rapping and I killed that Jake. Like, so. Bro, you murdered <laughs> that shit. Killed it. That shit was fucking first degree. You'd be locked up. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that when at that point I realized that I kind of had that that factor to really put my edge into whatever I do. So if there's any type of underlying emotion, be it stress, anger, pain, sadness, I can find a way to put that edge into whatever type of music I make. It won't necessarily reflect the same mood all of the time, but it will still give it that advantage factor. Damn, that that's remarkable. Because I was like, I've never heard Genie Year spit this fast ever in my fucking life. But it was it, it was needed. Like that fucking beat, it deserved it. Like, oh yeah. Oh my god, dude. That's that is fucking oh, of phenomenal. Course. I saw Chat make that beat in front of me and I was like, Yeah, this is like kind of speaking to my uh mind right now, so I gotta hop on it for sure. <laughs> so of of the ghost type, well, how how did ghost type even form me? Like y'all just all friends, um, and y'all just started like being um, able. So it started with me and my stepbrother Stefan Psych Central. Um, you know we've been in each other's lives since we were, you know, little kids. But I have wanted to be a musician since I was uh like a child, like to where I wasn't even able to understand really what music was. I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was really inspired by like band like my chemical romance and the cure and a lot of goth music at the time coming up so like i really was like into that stuff and i was kind of trying to be in a band you know but like i i loved you know hip-hop and where the city i was in in the area where i was in i was like i was like kind of on some different sauce than what everyone else was on but i still had the hood respect you know because i was just out there on the street always you know so when it comes down right. to it like ghost type has technically existed since before any conceivable music had ever been made it was more it used to be like gcg ghost city like it just we it's been rebranded multiple times basically we we chose to change the name to ghost type and make it a music group which and also kind of a little mini label but mainly a collective you know what i'm saying and honest honestly it just was a real chance for me and stefan to really because we felt like you know Odd Future, ever since Odd Future came out, that group factor has just kind of been dead, and, and, and to, in my eyes, at least, you know what I'm saying? I, I will say, like, I have a lot of respect for, like, Brockhampton and, or, like, how that, those groups execute what they do, but, like, I will say, like, you know, with Ghost Type, it was, the, the idea was there from the start. You have all, we're all trying to 
come in with their own signature sauce. We're not going to let no mediocre person into ghost type. Like, th- like it, everybody was hand chosen. This th- jink was like the Avengers. And I'll tell you what, I was Tony Stark. So that's just the way to put it. <laughs> Always the hero. <laughs> I was the one walk, pulling up on people. Like, I would like to talk to you about the ghost type initiative, you know? So that's really what that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's fucking, that's fucking crazy. Um, yeah, like talk on the Oscar situation. Um, the way they came in the game and just did what the, whatever the fuck they wanted to do, and the fact that you know, look at Tyler now. Like, <clears throat> I don't know, like all of them personally, but like they all came in, did a lot of crazy ratchet dumb shit, had a TV show. The progression, the music got better and better, and then you know, some these went their separate ways. But Frank. Frank Ocean is fucking Frank Ocean. That motherfucker is legendary. Earl Sweatshirt was always the best rapper of the fucking group. Mike G, Damo, Sis doing her R&B shit with the internet. Left Brain still fucking making beats. Tyler Kidd is one of fucking Grammy. <laughs> like, that shit is crazy. Yeah, it really and, is. Like, Brockhampton, they, they're quick to say we're a boy band. We're not a music, we're not a rap, we're a boy band, so... I I mean I like Brian Hampton, but they're they're boy bands, so I'm not really telling them as a collective. I would say Dreamville. Oh yes, album, yes, Dreamville. God, oh damn, wow, dude. yeah, God, yeah. damn, dude. yeah, that album, yeah, Dreamville is just unrivaled. Like Earth Gang, like I love them so much, man. Shit. Like they're the, the oh, like I'm gonna not gonna lie to you, bro. Like I slept on Earth Gang hard as hell. Like until I listened to the album, then it actually made me pay attention. So like I'm, I'm yeah that legendary to say the least i don't even want to say anything because i feel like my words can't give that album enough justice but yeah really good album I, i'm mad i didn't win best album but i'm happy for tyler he did win even though it wasn't really a rap album per se it was more so like a sonic journey i mean he has that, like that uh, yeah he has that cult fan base he, of course he could have won I, I, I don't miss i don't doubt how he won with you on that i think dreamville should have won best at rap album for sure, for sure. Because fucking J. Cole killed every fucking verse on that fucking album. Oh, yeah. Killing 21 Savage killed a lot. Goddamn, dude. That album is fucking phenomenal. I would say Dreamville. I would say uh, TDE. When they all get together, they pretty much shitting on everybody's collective. Uh, Jack Boys, fucking Check West, fucking YSL with Gunna and The Little Baby and Thug. Um, ASAP. YBN. Like, oh, YBN. I, uh, I really don't like YBN for real, for real. I don't like, I don't like, uh, Corday. I like Namir. He's the only one I really bought with, to be honest. And there's no disrespect to Corday or his fans. Oh, it's just really, none. it's just really that type of music kind of goes over my head half the time anyway, you know? And that's just because, like, I'm a very, I'm kind of like an aesthetic-based person. Like, with music, I like music... Like, I'm one of those people that associates words with, like, colors and feelings. Like, the word unraveling makes me hungry, and it's, like, I associate it with the color red. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. I'm just one of those people. I get feelings off of words and stuff like that. So, like, I'm really responsive differently when it comes to music. But, like, I have a respect for that that lyricism. But at the same time, like, I totally get what you mean when you don't like say you don't like YBN. I understand. I mean, they're, they're dope. I like Corey Day personally, but like I said, I'm old head. I'm all about bars. What the fuck you saying? Right. Why well, he's the one I would say, okay, good. Now Mary got the voice. 
see like a face, I would say. So a lot of kids like Namir because now pretty much it's not really about who got the best bars, who can out rap, who is pretty much who got the turn up shit. I can turn up to. Bro, are we situation. I, speaking of YB and Namir, are we really gonna ignore the fact that Slutty K ain't the emo YB and Namir? Come on, bro. <laughs> no, no bullshit. Shout out to Slutty K. Slutty K is one of the. I I have to give Slutty K a shout out right now. That kid is so young in, in music, and he is so dope, man. That is my favorite person to make a song with, and I don't think he realizes it yet. But ultra. We have a song together on my album, Manitou, and when it drops, it's called Ultra Bag. I promise you, bro, that, like, he did not have to do what he did on that song. And when we performed that song live at our first show, it was just, it was just wild. Because so many people were waiting on that song. There were people in Chesapeake who had that song file. And, like, and they didn't even know who both of us were, like, for real. It was insane. Like, when I found out about that, I was just... Take it back. Like, that's when I was like, yeah, bro, we need to, like, get a rap. That's why I don't leak music no more. I don't send off no files. I don't even let my mom hear the jank because, like, I don't want nobody to have my files. I don't. Savvy doesn't even have his song for, for our, our song on, on album on Mana 2. He doesn't have his song. I don't send people their songs back. You hear it when it drops. That's crazy you said that because I know when I was doing my debut, and everybody's like, why is your shit so damn short? I'm like, because <laughs> when I was first putting it together, I know it was a long-ass time. I kept saying, I got music, I got music, I got music. Nobody was leaving me. But a lot of this shit got fucking leaked. A lot of this shit was fucking terrible. A lot of this shit was like, what the fuck are you? Why did I think it was a good song? So I came with that seven. I got four more coming soon. But I can't wait, yeah, man. Can be- that music shit is for the birds, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, that shit fucked up a lot of shit. Like, I had a lot of good songs, but somehow, some way, management, people, I'm, I'm trusting, like, hey, don't don't drop this shit. They dropped the bomb. Like, damn, it's all over again, which is fine. Cause, I mean, I got bars in my head, but it, it that league music is crazy. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the league music shit works. Like, with Lil Wayne's part of three shit leaked. The first time he was like, "All right, since y'all want the music anyway, I'm gonna drop this fucking leak mixtape. I'm gonna come back another year and shit on y'all motherfuckers with lollipop. And I'm a lollipop, <laughs> yeah, goddamn every fucking way, yeah, bro. That was the like, shit. Like, like, oh my god, talk about sequels. Like, bro, I got, I got, I got, Carter I got, two, Carter three, song. bro, lollipop and Soldier Boy Tell Him was pretty much my entire like teenage life." Like lollipop, anything Soldier Boy tell him, fucking fifty cent. <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, Hell that, yeah. That, that that's high school for me, bro. And then Drake, before Drake was Drake what he was now, he was um replacement girl, Drake. And nobody everybody talked shit on me. I was like, yo, this motherfucker's gonna be the biggest artist in the world. They're like, no uh, he's fucking singing and shit. Like, all right, <laughs> watch. And then two thousand nine came, best I ever had, like, here he goes, he about to start this fucking crazy run. And then, of course, Kid Cudi blew up. I called that shit happening to like Kid Cudi who just about the face of hip hop. Watch, mm-hmm. nobody believed me. And look at Drake and look at Kid Cudi. And just like I told y'all, hoes. Yeah, no doubt. Those were that. That was, bro. That was back when who was gonna make it in music was unmistakable, bro. Like the 
I hate to say it, man, but that time in music, the recording studios and those record labels, they had a full control on the music game. And I don't want to, I'm not saying that to ignore like the SoundCloud come up or anything, but like for real, like when it came down to that industry, they kept that niche very tight. You know what I'm saying? And it was that for real, for real, for real. And when that age blew up to where you start getting these, these kids making a bag off doing their thing off laptops, like, I mean, it's just, he, that really was the age that changed everything from there. And Wayne, that wouldn't have been possible without Wayne. Wayne really made all of our rap careers possible. And I think every single body in hip hop upcoming or people who have made it since like 2017, people like Trippy Red or Lil Uzi or Lil Yachty. I am a huge fan of all of those artists, by the way. I believe that they need to, or at least acknowledge in the culture, I believe more of an awareness of the, the history of hip hop needs to be acknowledged. And I need, I, I really would like, Wayne to get more credit to this day. I'm not saying, you know, worship him, but definitely acknowledge that he put his fourth foot through the door so you could slide through. You know what I'm saying? Wayne is top five regardless. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need y'all, not saying y'all like you personally, but like y'all young folks who blew up on SoundCloud, y'all got to realize the first I don't have a SoundCloud. Was fucking Soldier Boy. <laughs> like, give that man fucking credit. Bro. Of like, course. Soldier Boy did a lot of shit. What am I doing now? Is crazy. We have a podcast on that shit too called Soldier Boy Better Than Drake. That shit explains everything you know. Like, Soldier Boy really was about all that shit. And it's, it's funny because, like, you know, you think about it now, it's like that Tiger Drake shit. But that motherfucker Soldier Boy had two fucking albums back to back, nothing but fucking bangers. I swear to God. Every song on com is a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. I swear to God. You know? On life. You know? Every single fucking one. Every single fucking one. Like Dunk, all that shit. Soldier Girl, Kink that, Kink that with Diamond and Ringtones. Like, how the fuck you sell a ringtone and bitch go Diamond, bro? Like, how's that even happen? <laughs> bro, that is unheard of. Like, I mean, I like, bro, I knew shit was real when I was like a little less kids roller skating to Soldier Boy at the skating rink. You know what I'm saying? Like, like when I was a little kid, that's when I knew it was going down, man. Like for Soldier Boy, top. I want to say top five, but as far as like industry, how the game shifted, he's definitely top three, bro, for sure. Oh, hands down. Or fucking sure. hands down. So you mentioned you were like little when Soldier Boy, um, rate skating. So what were you listening to growing up? Like, what influenced you to be a rapper? Because I know you have like a pop, not pop, as far as like you could do pop, but you got the crossover appeal because like your audience is like all over the place, bro. It's like. Little ass girl, like little not little ass girls, but like teenage girls, fucking forty five year old grocery moms, fucking thug motherfuckers, <laughs> uh, the nerdy dudes in the back of the classroom, the suicide boys who want to cut their wrists. Like your shit is diverse. Yeah, because I hung out with all them, man. I was hanging out with I was <laughs> hanging out with the war vets. I was hanging out with the soccer moms. I did my time. That, that's all I got to say about that. I, I'm, I I make music for everybody, man. I think of everybody, you know. There's a song on my on Manitou called Comet. I kind of just touch up on many tough or just situations that people face in general. I kind of pretended to be everybody on that track, man. Like, I really do make music for people, man. I am. I want people to see me as a sacrifice. I want people to see me as a person who's able to say things they've thought their whole life, but never have been able to say, put it into words. That's the person I want to be. Ooh, fucking shit. So, Man of Two drops the 20th, 420, great day. Uh, you want to, like, 
talk about the process of that album, uh, or we, what we can expect, like without giving too much away. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I will. I will say this, y'all's the fans. Y'all have been listening to there. Uh, a, a, there are a lot of me and Chet songs on there. There is a uh, one, two. There's four songs on that album with me and Chet rapping together on it. Two of them are just me and Chet. So the, the fans got what they wanted. Uh, I collaborated fully with uh, Slug Gang Records. Uh, me and Savvy have a song together, and me and Slutty K have a song together. Um, I didn't put my stepbrother Stefan on this one, uh, Cam, all of them are out of it, because I was going to wait till later to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it now. I'm surprised dropping Mana 3 on June 17th, the day of the original Mana, by surprise with no advertisement. And it's going to have the best of the best of the best of everything that's been recorded. And I know y'all think y'all have gotten that already, but you haven't. So that's all I have to say about that. God damn, that's exclusive. And another thing I'll say, and... Uh, probably two years from now, I'll be playing the album version of Story Mode with the Virginia Symphony, and I promise y'all that. Hold me to that promise. Like, a year or two from now, I'll be playing that version of Story Mode with the Virginia Symphony. I promise. Holy shit. Who else is doing shit like this? Your favorite rapper's not doing that shit. I mean, hey, you know what I'm saying? I got violin, I got piano, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bros be picking up the instruments. That's what it is. I mean, I'm not adept, you know what I'm saying? It's just the production. You know, I, 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 want, my, I want music to be beautiful, man. I love music so much. It's the only thing that we, we really have right now in this critical-ass time. I mean, it's time for us artists to save the world, man. Right. The world's looking at us right so, now. So are you, like, musically inclined? Like, do you have parents who do music or somebody? Or you just naturally woke up? As a teenager, like, bro, I am musically gifted. I, I'm going to have to say I was musically gifted because, like, my uncle, uh, who, who used to be, like, an old battle rapper in Charlotte, you know, he used to be on the radio and stuff just doing, like, battle raps or just what – I don't know really know what he was doing. It was, like, some old head rap. But he was really big in the – this was back in the day. You know, like, he was really big on it. But, you know, like, bros don't really release no music like that, you know, and bros have kids and stuff like that. So what happens happens, you know, but like the, the torch was definitely passed But I will say this, bro. Like everybody in the damn world was against me when I started doing this, Jane. Like I want to just speak on how much people in your life will try to shut you down when you're making music. And that is the ugliest thing ever because I have no interest to work a nine to five job. I have no interest to sit there and, and dole myself down because it's easy to sit there and say, oh, I can do this and be a visionary. But if you really want to take your rap career, you, can't, you, have, you, you have to step into your rap career like it's a nine to five office job. You have to sit there and put that labor, those seven hours that you put into a clocking machine at someone else's job, you have to put that into your own business and your own enterprise. And if you don't believe me, get a job at the movie theater, get a job at a grocery store and scan people's items and watch the amounts of money you're making this company in mere hours. You will be making these people thousands to to multi-thousands of dollars a day in transactions. And you could be making those transactions for yourself, be it with merch. You know, you could sit there and spend $333 to make some t-shirts and you could sell all of them and double for $25. They cost $11 to make. You just made $850. So 
you just doubled your money and you could do that in a day. I mean, what's selling 30 t-shirts to people for $25? That's kind of how you have to look at it. That's crazy you said that because uh, I work at a grocery store. <laughs> 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 it's funny because you're absolutely right. Um, when I first started really like rapping, I would say I was like 15, 13. I said this another podcast we had done here, but um, my parents was really with that shit. Well, my mom was with that shit. She was the devil's music. So I was like, all right, well, I wrote, like, back then, you know, I'm a lyricist, so everything I wrote down was in a fucking notebook. So I'm writing down hella, like, concepts and flows and bars, bars, <laughs> bars, and notebooks. Not not even doing school where I'm just writing shit in my notebook. And, uh, yeah, pretty much I I wanted to do that shit full time. Like, I think if I, if I had, like, the resources to do that shit when I was that young, I could be a lot farther, but I, I didn't have the resources. So, of course, you leave high school, you go to college, and you got to support yourself in college, so you got to get a job. So, you're absolutely correct. Like, you can't be a creator or visionary full-time and still work. I mean, a job. I mean, I'm doing it. It's really but, hard. It's easier to say you it, can do it. It's hard, bro. She's stressing me the fuck yeah. out. I'm like, damn, I got I got interviews. My brother's like, damn, bro, when the next podcast dropping, bro? I don't know. Because you're sitting there at work. Right, yeah. but I mean, I do the best I can, yeah. but I do support all y'all who are out here listening to podcasts daily. Well, not daily, but when the bitches come out, y'all showing love. I I know it's it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a lot. But uh, you guys look correct, correct, hundred percent. You gotta give it all to the the game, and that's what really makes the thing different. John Crazy gives us all to that. Too. Yeah, drum, drum. Bro, I remember drama was with uh, intellect and their own collective. Like that's how in tune with you should right. I, I am with it. You have to put your all into it. Like legit. yeah, I will say that um, you know, like if I'm able to take this opportunity to give maybe advice to anybody who may be like wondering, you know, what more they could do or something like that. Like and really, I'm not perfect. I'm not by any chance the the person to take advice from, but I will say this, and I mentioned this earlier, when I watched the little peep documentary, man, on Netflix, it's called Everybody's Everything. It'll make you realize how not about this rap game you are. This kid was immersed. He threw himself in head first. His family was like, what's going on with him? Is he working? Like, what's he doing? You know, like, you know, they don't know what's going on. This man's just taking $30 cameras, just shooting you know, some of the most iconic songs he's ever made on him, you know, like, and he just literally recording, living in the studio, immersed every day. There is no such thing as home. You just have to be a part of the game. And if you just take that short time to let yourself be uncomfortable and let yourself not know and let the world take you to where it's going to take you, that short little time you spend immersing yourself, you will see a, a return and profit, be it money or you know, attention or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But you will get results, and I promise you that. As you can see, because you're getting years on one of our podcast, so he's probably doing something to yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> so, briefly talk about the award you won, bro. Um, they're, they're on the way, by the way. Like, you know, the whole working and trying to be a mission oh, yeah, she got set back. Oh, yeah. But the words are on the way. But uh, you won the best new artist by far. It was not even 
like a fair fight. <laughs> yeah, they, my fans it showed through bad. on that one, man. That's all I can say is I didn't know those types of fans existed. Y'all scare me. I'd like to say that, like, y'all scare me. Y'all are the reason why I went on my Facebook and deleted all my baby pictures and all my kid pictures. I am not trying to have y'all make an archive page of that shit. I, y'all y'all proving yourselves to be good fans, so I'm going to just be a good artist. How about that? The junior year fan page, only on fan page. Only. <laughs> Onlyfans.com. <laughs> premium <laughs> premium leaks. I'm going to be selling uh my stepbrother, Stefan, Psych Central 360 contract record label deal for the highest bidder. So make sure you guys go check that out right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you're done with that one by far. I believe you won best collab with Fed oh, yeah. Up. Uh, I think it was best project as well. I think it was for Mina. Uh, I'm, this is not funny to me. I'm such a bad fucking host. <laughs> but I know. I know you got three of them shit. Yeah, and chat one best uh, producer too. But, like I was like so hyped. Whew, that was a heavy hitter. we right there, bro. That shit was close. I was like, yo, because you yeah. know Mark B was in that category too, but. Chats fans, add that shit out, bro. It's just crazy. I messaged him last night after I listened to the episode where you announced the winners, and I was like, I was like, bro, I was like, did you know on lunch hour, like over four hundred plus people like voted for us, or like just in general voted and participated, bro? Like was, that was that's so huge. It was six hundred, six hundred fifty people voted. Uh, total. That's insane. Insane. From what we had the year before, it was just people like on our Instagram um, comments, just sending people's nominations in. We just going through who we like the best or who we think we should win. This year we used the whole app. People downloaded the fucking app, voted, cast the fucking app twice. Yeah, that's insane. It's just insane, dude. So I didn't want to talk about like that journey, just that whole situation, like. I think you won the most awards so far, and the world's only been out two years. Yeah. I mean, that, and I've only been out for, like, at that time, I had literally been, like, I like I said, I don't even, I didn't even have a SoundCloud prior to that. I didn't release my music on SoundCloud until after it dropped on all platforms, because I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, look out for the broke people out there, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I did what I did, you know, and I, I tried to. I really, man, I'm just telling you, man, like that was just so amazing seeing that, you know, it made me realize that I really need to count my blessings and make sure that I really become somebody important to this city. Cause I think, I think when you give that chance, you should never waste it for sure. Safe and secure moving company. A cargo and freight company, 757 moving company, load, unload, packing service, five-star rating with the best rates in town, 150 for two hours, long-distance moves. You can hook them up, www.facebook.com slash snsmoving slash, also on Instagram, at safe, the letter N, secure moving, all one word on Instagram, give them a message, call or email. Tell me you heard about this ad on the lunch hour. Peace. Junior Year's brand new single, Story Mode, officially out right now on all digital streaming platforms. Go get that. The leading single to Mana 2. You heard? 